0: Well, welcome to Gospel Games, where tips and tidbits for ministry fitness is what we are all about. My goal each week is to encourage and equip the student leaders in our campus fellowships, as well as others who may benefit from our training sessions. As always, my name is Mark Fodale, and I am privileged to serve as your host. In our last episode, I said that in our next podcast, we would address the topic, how to move from small talk to gospel talk. Well, here we are. So, our topic for today is how to move from small talk to gospel talk. I want to help us answer a key question. How do we move conversations from the mundane to the eternal? How do we move from talking about sports or academics or the weekend or any number of relevant things to talking about the only essential thing, which is Jesus? Now, let me begin with a surprising and a very convicting quote. In November of 2009, Penn Gillette, one of the parts of the famous magician duo Penn and Teller, gave an interview that almost instantly made headlines. It wasn't because he revealed any magic tricks that had long mystified their worldwide audiences, but because of a comment he made about Christians and evangelism. Here's a quote. I've always said that I don't respect people who don't proselytize. I don't respect that at all. I mean, if you believe that there's a heaven and a hell... And people could be going to hell or not getting eternal life, and you think that it's not really worth telling them this because it would make it socially awkward. I mean, how much do you have to hate somebody to not evangelize? How much do you have to hate somebody to believe everlasting life is possible and not tell them that? I mean, if I believe beyond the shadow of a doubt that a truck was coming at you, and you didn't believe that truck was bearing down on you, there is a certain point where I would tackle you. And this is way more important than that. Well, let me tell you, friends, that quote hit me like a freight train the first time I read it. And one line in particular stood out. Again, he said this, how much do you have to hate somebody to believe that everlasting life is possible, and not tell them that. I remember thinking, and I still do, could it be true that my love of not feeling awkward or avoiding uncomfortable situations and conversations was and is so real and pervasive that I am practically and spiritually hating those around me? That in my fears and insecurities and busyness and disregard, I am unwilling to warn them of the truck of God's eternal punishment that is bearing down on them? Let me tell you, this is sobering and challenging for us all, every single one of us. You see, I'm probably a lot like you. I don't mind talking about evangelism. In fact, that's what I'm doing right now. I've read a lot of books on evangelism. In fact, a quick scan of my shelves here reveals nine that's right, nine books on evangelism. I often pray for evangelism, but I'll be honest, I rarely do evangelism. Perhaps, like you, I really do, though, long to move from theory to practice in the whole area of sharing Jesus with others. I long to be dissatisfied with vague relationships with non-Christians where I avoid gospel content. I'll be honest, I'm tired of conversations about many, many things where it never gets to the one most important thing, the gospel. That's why I find myself often pleading with the Lord, Lord, help me, help us speak words of life to those around us. And so, friends, I'd like to offer some suggestions from a fellow struggler on how to move conversations from small talk to gospel talk. There are four suggestions I have. Here's the first one. Be ready to answer questions you know you will probably be asked with a gospel-teasing answer. I'll just say that again. Be ready to answer questions you know you'll probably be asked but with a gospel-teasing answer. So, let me explain. You know, a few years ago on campus, almost every Friday evening as we were getting ready for the DCF meeting, the custodian of that building and I would have a conversation. Almost inevitably, he would ask me, honestly, the same question. So, what are you all doing in there tonight? And for weeks, I would give him a true, but honestly, bland answer. Well, it's a meeting of Disciple Makers Christian Fellowship or a campus ministry. During the week, we have Bible studies, but here on Friday nights, then I we go on and on, or, or i would give details about the meeting particulars. So this week, one of our students is giving a testimony, or I'm giving a talk on a book of the Bible. We'll have some singing, blah, blah, blah. You know, looking back, I sounded like a tour guide. I was giving information. It was accurate information. And I tell you, every week, this man would smile and say, well, have a good time. And he would walk away. And then I was rereading a book on evangelism that I had when I was a student. <laughs> That's right, another book on evangelism. This one is called "Out of the Salt Shaker and Into the World," and it was written by Becky Pippert. She made one comment that stuck with me. Here it is: "We are called to be fishers of men, not hunters of men." And if you fish, you're going to need bait. I realized there was no bait in my answer to this man. Nothing for him to nibble on or chew on or sniff and come back for another look. So the next week came and same scenario. So what are you all doing in there tonight? Here's what I answered then. I said, tonight, you're finding out about the only person in the whole universe who knows us deeply and still loves us completely. You know what his response was? He asked, who's that? And with that, I shared about Jesus. So friends, prepare now to answer questions with gospel bait. You don't have to share the gospel in your answer, but maybe think through how to put out some bait, some teasers, so that they may come around for another nibble. You yeah, know, this happened to me a number of years ago. I asked an older man, Christian, what, what do you do for a living? And he answered, do you mean, what do I do to earn money? What am I giving my life to? Whoa, gospel bait right there on the hook. Here's just one other example from dear, daily life. Remember, someone asked me recently, how are you doing? And you know what? As I mentioned a few episodes, well, I'm just tempted to say, "Always oh, okay. But this time I answered, to be honest. Something happened in my life a while ago that made me rethink about how I'm doing in a whole new way. And that person, a neighbor, stopped and said, what was that? And I was able to share more about Christ. Now, all this may sound trite or corny, and I guess it could be, but it doesn't have to be. It's simply bringing the reality of the gospel in our lives to bear on the day-to-day rhythms of our lives and looking for opportunities to talk about it. So this week, try to set the hook with some gospel bait. I mean, who knows who's going to nibble? Okay, second suggestion, get permission to go where your fear of awkwardness might never take you. And what I mean is this. Many, if not all of us, want to have gospel conversations, but we're usually afraid of awkwardness or making people uncomfortable. Now, The truth of the matter is that we are usually the ones who feel awkward and uncomfortable, not the person we're talking to. So can I give you a suggestion if you often feel stuck in this dilemma? Ask permission. That's right. Just ask. Ask this, hey, would it be okay if I asked you where you were at spiritually? Or maybe say, you know, I've loved getting to know you, but there's one area of life we've never touched on. Would it be okay if to ask you what you think about God? Here's another option. You may already know this, but I'm deeply spiritual. Would it be all right if I shared why God is so central in my life? You know, whenever I've asked permission, I've never gotten an antagonistic reply. The, The most negative I've gotten is, I don't really like to talk about those things. That wasn't so bad. But most of the time, the person says, oh, sure. So there it is. Simply ask. Ask for permission to move from small talk to gospel talk. Here's the third suggestion. Determine if it's a long-term or a short-term relationship. Now, Now, I think this is helpful in figuring out where to go conversationally. So some relationships are just short-term. You know, the person sitting next to you on a plane, that freshman who shows up at an outreach table, someone who wanders past a DCF meeting, or someone sitting alone in the CAF. With these, it's often helpful to ask enough questions about them to see where the gospel may connect. And when you find an area where it might just say something that nudges the door open to the gospel. Sometimes it may be as simple as helping them with the next step, like saying, hey, you you mentioned that you want to get to know more people on campus. Could I bring you to our Christian fellowship meeting and introduce you to some really great people? Okay, that's short-term relationships. Now, for longer-term ones, you may want to think about them differently. Hopefully, there's enough trust built up that you can be more direct, and, and honestly, so can they. And you should know areas of passion and pain in their lives so that you can perhaps press into them with the gospel. Now, there's a lot more to say on this, but if you're interested, I want to point you to a resource on our Disciple Makers site. It's a talk that my wife Shannon gave at our 2020 fall conference. The title of the talk is this, How to Talk About Jesus Without Being Weird. Let me tell you, it was really excellent. So, if you're interested, go to dm.org, go to the resources tab, and just search weird. (laughs) It'll bring up the talk. Okay, let me recap before I just mention quickly our last point. So, first, be ready to answer questions you know you'll probably be asked with a gospel-teasing answer. Second, get permission to go where your fear of awkwardness might never take you. Third, determine if it's a long-term or short-term relationship. And here's the last one. And this is simple but hard. Pray. That's right, pray. And pray not only for those around you who need Jesus, but pray for yourself as you share Jesus. You know, a number of years ago, someone mentioned to me that the scriptures call us more to pray for each other in the work of evangelism than to pray for unbelievers. Now, we should certainly pray for unbelievers, no doubt about it. But his comment was helpful. You and I need to pray for each other. Here are at least two key passages from the Scripture. Matthew 9, starting at verse 36, When Jesus saw the crowds, he had compassion on them, because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. So, The Spirit's work was guaranteed. The fields are white for harvest. So, what does Jesus ask us to pray for? Laborers to go into that harvest field, that you and I would go as witnesses of Christ to speak about Christ. And here's the second one from Ephesians 6, starting at verse 18. Paul writes, pray at all times in the Spirit with all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints, and also for me, that words may be given to me, and opening my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel. Do you notice what Paul wrote? Pray at all times. Pray with all prayer. Keep alert in it with all perseverance for what? So that Paul would open his mouth boldly to proclaim the gospel. (laughs) Wow, even the Apostle Paul needed the prayers of other believers that he would be bold. And I tell you, that gives me and it should give you great hope. So let's pray for each other pray that God would give us the grace to be winsome and bold as we move conversations from small talk to gospel talk. In fact, let me just pray for us right now as we close. Father, we admit that we're often fearful of discomfort or disruption in relationships. We're often disengaged with the plight of those around us. We know there's a truck barreling down the road, yet we don't often say anything to those in its path. Father, Help us by the power of your Spirit to speak boldly and wisely and winsomely about Jesus. Give us grace to lay seeds of the gospel, to open doors for further conversations with unbelievers, and to clearly communicate the reality of the gospel to those lost in the blindness of sin and rebellion. Thank you for the work of your Spirit, that even now the fields around us are white for harvest. Give us compassion. So we look out on those around us who need Jesus and send us out as willing laborers into that harvest field, all for your glory. Amen.